Good morning, Luke. How's it, Karen? Nice to be back in studio. So good to be back in studio. So for 2022, we are taking society's superheroes in a little bit of a different direction. When we started off, we really looked at celebrating society's superheroes on special commemoration days. So we've had World Sleep Day, we've had World Day of Justice, we've had World Children's Day, and we've really had some incredible people coming to talk to us. All of these podcasts are available on our Facebook page, so if our listeners would like to go and scroll through, they can find all of these things. But Luke, now we've decided to go in a slightly different way. Absolutely. So what what we've noticed throughout lockdown, which obviously we are still in, is the fact that we have uh, developed some quite complex issues that uh, parents are referring to us, schools are referring to us, and other mental health care professionals are referring to us. So it seems that we didn't quite anticipate what the effect of lockdown on parents and children experiencing that as being locked up would be on the development of children and their relationships with their parents. So what we're going to be focusing on really is looking at the fact that COVID has been an adverse childhood experience for the young people who have had to go through COVID. And that has generated a unique kind of long COVID that nobody talks about. It's not a long COVID related to long-term health problems. It is related to developmental problems uh, in children in particular that we are worried are going to turn turn into long-term mental health problems. We've identified quite a few issues. All of these issues have been, as you said earlier, through schools and, and parents engaging with us and also children that you see, Luke, things that we've seen coming up. But as our listeners, what we are encouraging you to do is to is to email us. And if there's a specific topic that you, you would like for us to, to cover, we'd really love to cover it when we are in studio. Our email address is engage, E-N-G-A-G-E, at societiessuperheroes.coza. So engage at societiessuperheroes.coza. Alternately, you're welcome to engage with us on our Facebook page because we would really love to hear from you. So today's podcast is really just looking very briefly at some of the issues that we are going to be discussing moving forward. Um, in episodes two and three of 2022, we're going to look quite specifically, episode two is looking at COVID as an adverse childhood experience, which Luke touched on. And episode three is looking at accelerated exposure. Accelerated exposure really around the fact that while children's development has lagged, the development of cell phones and children's use of cell phones has accelerated. And that has caused major, major issues that we're seeing. So that will be episode three. The other things that you can look forward to listening to are some quite hard topics in a lot of regards. Eye on the Child is a three-part series that we are going to be doing. And this three-part series is really on things such as what constitutes consent. Luke, I was telling you the other day, um, I'm on the village and as a parent, and, and as a podcaster, there, there's fabulous content and people asking questions that need to be answered. And the question that was asked, and I'm going to refer to the post, it was an anonymous post, so the source is quite safe, is this parent has a 14-year-old daughter. And the 14-year-old daughter had sent some inappropriate photographs to a much older 
young man, a 21-year-old. Using these photographs, which which he had obviously coerced her into into sending, we do try all the time to encourage our kids or to really tell them what the dangers are of sending inappropriate photographs to even children their own age and what 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 can happen. But what she'd done is she sent this young man photographs and he'd used them then to blackmail her. It had started off with, if you don't show me if you don't give me a blowjob, I'm going to send these photographs to your parents, which obviously she'd thought in any blackmail scenario that if she showed, if she, if she gave him a blowjob, then it would have ended there, but it didn't. He then had said, um, if you don't, he videoed her giving him a blowjob, which then just gave him further ammunition. Um, if you don't, um, have sex with me and then I'm going to, um, tell your parents she'd then been able to come out and tell her parents what had happened but this just very briefly touches on a whole lot of issues which our three-part series will cover just very quickly Luke in a nutshell those few issues that that touches on well the, the first thing is that the use of private images is also governed by law so you can't distribute uh, to third parties private images and the Film and Publications Act has really sort of tried to in the new amendments clamp down on the revenge porn scenario so this is a an example of kind of using the threat of revenge porn as a way to blackmail. So that's the one. The second is around consent. And at what can you consent to at what age? And in particular things like can you consent to having things filmed? Can you consent to certain sexual acts? Can you consent to certain sexual acts being filmed? And if you do, what is the recourse? So for example, the a lot of the young people feel very a, a high level of shame and guilt etc and as a result they don't want to tell but the adult is always responsible so in other words the adult the 21 year old is always responsible for what was done wrong because the 14 year old is a 14 year old so we need to get young people to stop at the inception because once it goes down that slippery slope through that grooming then threatening process that's when it's very hard to pull it back mm. and also in terms of a 14 year old and a 21 year old having sex no um 14 year olds cannot consent to sex with um 21 year olds and even if they do it is still a crime it's still a crime mm. so in in that three-part series mm. we're going to talk specifically to consent and mm. also the different ages because mm. it's, it's quite confusing as to when it is a consensual relationship mm. and, and when it, it really is is just rape. Also, what to do. And I think the, the mom was actually asking, what do I do? Um, I know there, there's now a special task force and, and things like that. And, and to share those details, which I think as a parent is so, so, so important. So that's the three-part series that we're going to be doing. The other thing we're going to be touching on in that three-part series is grooming. And I know that for so many parents – this is a case for major, major concern. Um, we had, Luke, you, you were recently a guest on the Dion Wiggett podcast series about the water polo coach. And um, parents, I think, have hit a panic. And, 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 and we need to be very, very aware of the signs to look out for. Um, and when a relationship with an adult and our children is simply inappropriate. I think you've got a very good thing that you always say, Luke, around that. Yeah. So if a, if a parent looks at any adult around them, if that adult shows more interest in your child than you, you have a problem. Mm, 
Absolutely. So very often the grooming process, which we will chat about, it also is about grooming the parents. So very often the perpetrator not only grooms the child, but the parents too. Well, the, the, the offender has to groom, it depends on the context, mm. so they have to groom a parent in order to get access to the child, or in the case of, for example, boarding houses, they have to be able to groom the school in mm. order to get access to the child. So even the person acting in locus parentis has to be groomed in order for the offender to gain access to the child. In our coming uh, in our podcast that will be launched now in in March the other thing we're looking at is and it's a podcast on its own is cell phones um Luke this is something that that really has become a problem um with regards to children and childhood developments absolutely i think that the thing that we have to recognize is we kind of developed over time as humans and the you know first big development was going from sort of being hunter gatherers to being farmers and then from farmers to the industrial revolution and we kind of developed ways of managing those things as as they progressed and i think we struggled to some extent with for example urbanization from moving from rural life but now we live in two entirely separate worlds so children are needing to negotiate extremely complex developmental issues on two levels in two places and getting feedback about themselves from two entirely different mm -hmm. places. And what does that mean for the development of the, the really important sort of adolescent heading into adulthood developmental stages like identity and belonging? You keep saying that in as much as we were in lockdown and we're not in a hard lockdown any longer, thank goodness, um, we all experienced it very differently. Our experiences have been very, very different. But the information and feedback that you have been getting from young people is that they weren't locked down, they were locked up. And they were locked up with devices. And uh, the wording that you used, which we're going to discuss in our upcoming podcast, is that children left to their own devices. That's a very sort of old fashioned term. But they literally have been left to their own device and the impact of that. It, it, it has become incredibly apparent in the development of children that the, the combination of being locked up and not having social feedback from peers, particularly for adolescents and pubescents, while only getting feedback from the device has led to a bigger split than what we recognize. Because the one split is the fact that the children haven't had two years of social and emotional development, particularly with their peers as they enter that stage during puberty and adolescence. But at the same time as that two-year lag, you have an acceleration in what they are doing online. So in other words, there's a lot of precocious sexual development, mm -hmm. relationship development online, because they are doing things that you would do when you're 18, when they're 14, but they're actually 12, mm -hmm. because they haven't had two years of social emotional mm -hmm. development. So you have acceleration on one side, and you have a lag on the other side. So the developmental gaps we've seen are massive. I mean, they, they're up to, in some of the children I see, I mean, the, the, they behave almost with this this two two different identities with almost like a two two to four year gap between the two different identities. Mm. Speaking of children and engaging with their peers, with their classmates, with their teachers, the other um issue that has become really um quite quite 
important and, and, and we need to talk about it is kindness. So we, we did discuss kindness on World Kindness Day and we discussed that with the wonderful principal of Bella Vista who had told us about their kindness campaign which was just fantastic. Ali Scott was brilliant in studio and the impact the kindness had not only on the children but the entire community and a lot of what is happening is very unkind behavior. So children being very, very unkind to one another, I think absolutely to themselves because they sort of lost the at sea and then very unkind to their teachers too. So a lot of the talks that you've been doing in schools have been around the fact that kindness is the new cool. It seems that what has happened is that, it, and I think it's largely this having been left to your own devices. When you look at sort of the human brain, there's a thing in the brain that we call the homunculus, which is kind of an Alice band across your head that determines how much of your brain deals with recognizing certain things and moving certain parts of your body. And the biggest part of it is our face. So the, the recognition of facial expressions and the feedback we get from faces, tone of voice, body language, etc., is an incredibly important part of human development, and we modify ourselves accordingly. Now, if you haven't had that and the feedback in the real world, and all you've had is these relatively static or non-responsive facial kind of um, reflections back at you from the machine or no facial expressions whatsoever, just likes and no likes, or just comments without a tone of voice like dissing, what happens is young people haven't learned the social dance through things like being present, being able to think about another person, and because you can think about them, care about them, and because you care about them, you can behave kindly. So it's almost like we have lost a very important component of the human experience and i mean i call that the difference between connection with the c and connection with an x so children are heavily connected to their devices but not to people mm. so that's something that we're certainly going to be discussing because it's we're seeing it more and more mm. and another thing and i know we are touching on so many topics today but we're just wanting to give our listeners an idea of of where are we going with society's superheroes in 2022 and our superheroes at the moment are really our educators, they are our parents, they are our teenagers who really come through a period that will go down in history as an incredibly difficult period. We're sitting at the two-year anniversary of the initial lockdown and initially it was quite exciting. It was, we all with our our, par our, our children and our families, um, we're in our homes and we are building puzzles and we're making pineapple beer and banana bread and for a very brief time until I think we started to realize the magnitude of everything, um, it was a, a nice period. But then we didn't expect to be locked down for two years. Now we sort of still very much in a COVID world, but we're also in a war world where we're seeing on social media and we it's almost like a movie. We, we're seeing terrible things happening. And yet because it's on the TV and it's happening live, in a way it, it is like a movie. So I think also the, the difference in, in reality and, and that reality for those people in that situation. Look, I think we made one, one major mistake when we locked children up. Just during. one, Luke. <laughs> we, called, we, we started calling this, this weird concept of the new normal. 
Now, if you start saying this is the new normal, in other words, you're in your room, you're on your own, you're wearing a mask, you can't see people's faces, you can't touch each other, you can't hug each other, people can't develop normal normal levels of intimacy, that's not a new normal. It is abnormal. Mm. What it is is it's a normal response to a pandemic, but a pandemic is not normal. So when, when we started asking children to adjust to the new normal, this is the new normal, we made a fatal error because there was not that we needed to so in fact when people ask me Luke what did you do during lockdown I said no one very important thing I learned that I can survive a pandemic that happens only every hundred years and that's enough of a skill for one lifetime mm. you know so I think there was all of these all of these things we said and then on top of that we caused anxiety and potential um, st- well not potential definite stress in children for example saying please Lord don't go out you know wear your mask sanitizers otherwise you're going to come home and kill us you know and children being called super carriers at one point in the pandemic and then obviously what we cannot discount is the actual trauma because mm. people died yes and the massive loss so Everybody lost someone. Initially, it was a case of sort of that one in seven where you knew someone who knew someone who'd lost someone. Very few of us came out of COVID without huge loss. So in addition to the anxiety and and, and, um, the trauma, there's been massive loss and and loss of life, I think, for ourselves. So in in, in terms of death, we've we've suffered um, the loss of people through death, but also the loss of the old normal life sort of pre-pandemic and and i think what what was also what what we must also remember is we we couldn't care for those who were dying Mm -hmm. in the way we knew how to people died alone Mm. we could not grieve the way we normally grieve because we weren't allowed to and then on top of that you had almost constant anticipatory grief so when your mother got COVID, is she going to get some of the complications and die? Because this wasn't like getting the flu where there's, you know, like a, a, a normal trajectory of recovery. The trajectory that was presented to everybody because of the way the media portrayed it and the way it was shown all over the world and in Italy with people with like space helmets on and, you know, these mass graves in Brazil, there, there was the sense that if somebody gets sick, you know, there, there is going to be a kind of death, and you're anticipating that death. So we had anticipatory grief. We had the fact that um, when people were actually dying, we couldn't care for them, and when they died, we couldn't grieve them. So it, the, the compound effect of that, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just mind-blowing and in the in the development of children's brains we need to recognize which we will talk a lot about is what pathways were paved for future life during this time Mm. so you're quite right and we have survived two very difficult years we're not out of the woods yet and we just have to I think surround ourselves or or have a toolbox with as many tools as we possibly can um to to move forward we can only move forward well we need to find a script for it as well because if you look at the south african experience as an example the south african experience was fraught with some very complex things you know we're part of africa the vaccines were coming later than everywhere else we watched you know the rest of the world getting lots of vaccines we battling then you had obviously the anti-vaccine campaign which then created 
complex kind of mm. conversations. Then in Joburg, for example, in the middle of that and in KZN, you had an actual civil mm. uprising. Mm. Mm. Uh, you had xenophobia, so you had a xenophobic uh, episode. And I mean, this is just because, you know, we in Joburg, we had probably the coldest winter I can remember in probably about 20. Oh, it was very um, cold. <laughs> in probably about 20 years. And then in the middle of it, we did a very strange thing. We decided to have a climate conference, you know, like that, that's an important thing to have. And we put up a clock to tell young people that if the world goes up by 1.4 degrees in the next 30 years, the world's going to explode. And then we come barely out of um, kind of the hard lockdown of COVID. And we told, oh, no, we're going back into it because now in, uh, in Hong Kong, there's been another outbreak and people are being, being locked down again while... There's a war being waged that has the narrative of the Third World War with potential chemical and nuclear warfare. Now, that is an odd world to hand children. And we have not begun as the parent birds to digest the worm of that world for ourselves, mm. let alone give it back to our children in some way that's digestible. So to everyone who's listening, firstly, thank you very, very much for listening. But if there's a specific conversation that you'd like for Luke and I to have, be it around raising your children or just anything that we think or you think that we might be able to add a little bit of insight to. And this insight, I think it's important to note that it's from so many different sources. So it's from the schools that we deal with daily. It's from the clients that Luke sees from, from his perspective. It's through social media and, and reading posts um, from parents who, who really are battling. Just drop us an email, engage at societysuperheroes.co.za or send us a, a direct message on Facebook. Our, fa our Facebook page is Society Superheroes. We'd really love to hear from you. And please listen to episode two of 2022. And episode two of 2022 is going to be covid as an adverse childhood experience. So we invite you to listen in in 2022 and engage with us. Thanks, Karen. We really look forward to the public engaging in these uh, complex conversations and courageous conversations so that we can at least begin to help children think about what has happened in their world and as a result have the opportunity to make some kind of meaning of it because at the at the moment it just feels to a lot of our young people that we have handed them a world that just feels completely mad die Welt is mal and that is indeed. the t-shirt of the kiffness and I, we need those t-shirts die Welt is mal indeed i think we must definitely get some for the, the photos for the next podcast and then it's also you know sort of reminiscent of uh, alice in wonderland where you know, they said, well, we are all here. And Alice asked how they knew. And uh, they said, no, well, because we come here. Mm.